Very nice. Very nice. Hi, and welcome, dear friends, to Voices of the Sacred Feminine, whether you're across town or across the globe. And um, I'm going to go ahead and play some music to start the beginning of the show. Uh, It seems our guest, uh, Jack Dempsey, is uh, having some uh, technical problems, and uh, he's calling in from Greece, and his call keeps dropping. So um, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, give him a little bit of time here uh, to see if he can work this out, and uh, I am going to let you listen to uh, Reclaiming's uh, campfire chant called Weave and Spin while we see if Jack can get connected.
dear friends and fans. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in with me tonight. Um, we're going to go about this uh, a little bit uh, in a little bit of an unorthodox fashion. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack Dempsey, uh, tonight's guest, uh, is still having a bit of trouble for some reason uh, connecting uh, via Skype um, from Greece. Uh, he's managed to do it uh, several times uh, previously, so uh, I am going to uh, just uh, move forward here, assuming that he's going to figure it out in the next few minutes. So what we will do is uh, we'll get to some of the things that uh, we were going to cover uh, later on after the interview. We'll just go ahead and move those to the front of the show. And uh, first of all, I want to say um, I was not with you last Wednesday. And uh, the reason I wasn't uh, was because uh, we had a death in our family, and uh, the death was our our beloved uh, feline daughter, Isis. Uh, Isis was with us for 20 years, and um, it, it was uh, it, it was it was very difficult, as I'm sure. Uh, those of you listening uh, will understand if um, you know you've had a pet or a, um, uh, you know family member that uh, that you've been very close to, and uh, we uh, have had Isis and her sister Zena uh, for two decades. Yeah, twenty twenty long years, but twenty wonderful years. And the only reason I bring this up tonight. Um, you know, not for sympathy or anything like that. I just want to sort of tell you the magical experience um, uh, that that happened around her death. Uh, it, you know, it just goes to show you that we, um, you know, it's so hard for us to understand the mysteries. There's so much out there in the world that we just um, don't know. You know, how do these things happen? So anyway, um let me say that um you know isis um actually didn't show uh many signs of of being significantly ill uh this took us by surprise uh she you know had some appetite issues and she was kind of you know keeping her distance a little bit in the last couple days but something told me take her to the vet you know it's time for a checkup anyway let's take her to the vet so we took her to the vet and we were pretty surprised to find a number of pretty serious things uh she had some kidney issues some heart issues and some um suspicious things that um, we needed some further testing. So uh, when we took her back to the vet uh, to have the further testing, one of the things we had to do was an echocardiogram and um, an ultrasound. And when we did, it turned out that uh, she had a heart murmur, she had enlarged kidneys, and, but the worst thing was uh, the ultrasound was showing that she more than likely had cancer. And we had to make the very, very difficult decision uh, to let her let her go. And um, you know, we uh, you know we never dreamed when we brought her to the vet that day that we were not going to bring her home that night. Uh, we were just um, blindsided. Uh, but anyway, uh, the what the part about this that I really wanted to share with you is. Um, uh we told the vet that um you know uh we wanted some time with her uh before we let her go 
and we wanted to be there with her, holding her when she got that final injection uh, that would uh, relax her and put her to sleep and stop her heart. So uh, as, as we are holding her, uh, and just before uh, the final injection, our telephone rings. And, of course, I didn't really answer the phone. I just let it go because we were in the middle of this, you know, this uh, very difficult, and, you know, we were trying to make it as loving, uh, you know, an ending as possible for her so she didn't spend her last uh, her, her last few moments with strangers so she could be with Roy and I. And, um, of course, it was difficult, uh, you know, walking out the vet with the empty cat carrier, uh, we, we were pretty torn up. Uh, but anyway, um, later on that night when I felt like we could talk, I went ahead and uh, looked at the phone message. And the phone message was from a dear friend who um, was actually getting in touch with me because uh, she's, you know, somewhat of a psychic. And she said, Karen, I don't know what this is about, but I have a message for you from ISIS. Isis, our our pet, that just uh, passed away hours before. And she said, this is so bizarre, you're going to have to make sense of this for me. But she wants to tell you that she loves you both, and she knows what you did was hard, but you did the right thing. And uh, that she was very tired, and she needed to rest. But uh, when she finished resting, she would be back. Uh, Well, you know, can you imagine when I told her that, uh, you know, we had put Isis to sleep uh, just a few hours earlier, as a matter of fact, exactly when she called uh, at 2.10 in the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty incredible to get this message from beyond from our cat. And um, I see Jack uh, is on the switchboard, and uh, I want to say, hi, Jack. Uh, I will get to you in just a couple seconds here. I want to wrap up this story. Um, So, um, you know, Roy and I, uh, of course, had a a difficult time, you know, dealing with the loss of ISIS. And, um, you know, we we, we made um, some uh, photo albums of her and took some of her best pictures and put them in frames. And, of course, we had her cremated. And um, about four days after she passed, um, her remains came to us, and um, they are in a velvet uh, velvet bag in a, uh, a walnut wooden box with a plaque on top that says uh, that has her name engraved. Uh, and inside we put one of her favorite little balls. And so my husband made uh, a little altar on uh, his side of the bedroom uh, on a shelf uh, for her ashes uh, with her picture uh, sits on top of the box. And I have to tell you, in a strange kind of way, uh, even though she is not physically alive with us anymore, uh, the vacancy, the emptiness that we felt uh, in those days just after her passing, somehow on some level seems to have um, eased a bit, if that makes any sense. 
and uh, we shall just wait and see uh, how she returns to us. Uh, because another interesting part of this story is uh, in 1997, um, when we returned from our trip to Greece, uh, we came home and found that our cat uh, that we had for a long time, her name was Kitty, uh, that she was very ill. And it wasn't long uh, after we got back from Greece that Kitty passed. And um, almost, I think, six or eight weeks to the day of Kitty's passing, Isis and Zena came into our life as brand-new baby kittens. And Roy was certain that Isis was Kitty reincarnated, or at least partially Kitty and partially Isis. So this is a magical little being, and uh, we will see what she has up her little furry sleeve and how she manages to um, make the transition back to us yet again for a third time. So I hope you enjoyed that story. And um, now that Jack is back with us, let me say hello to him. And um, we'll see how this all goes. Hopefully uh, he can stay connected with us. Uh, Hi, Jack. Is that you? Jack? Oh, well, maybe that isn't Jack. Okay, maybe that's someone else. Um, Okay, so, um, you know, it is uh, looking like Jack uh, might not actually make it back with us tonight. Um, uh, But what I'm going to do, I am going to keep... I'm going to keep going here, and I'm going to share with you some information from uh, Pat, uh, our roving reporter. And um, Pat uh, hadn't been contributing things for a while. She was recovering uh, from an accident, uh, but she does... um, you know, she does have some things that she submitted that uh, I think uh, you'll be interested in. And uh, I am going to go ahead and uh, share those with you in just a minute. But I think I think Jack is actually trying to get in touch with me. So um, one more time, dear listeners, I am going to let you listen to a little bit more music and see if I can figure out what's happening with Jack and see if uh, he's going to make it. Uh, with us tonight or not. So uh, this is a little bit more music from uh, the Reclaiming uh, Campfire Chants, uh, and this is called Body of Earth. These are all uh, activist songs. Um, And so this one is is Body of Earth. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can connect with Jack and see if he's going to make it with us or not. All right, here we go.
Uh, hi, I think we might actually have Jack with us. Uh, I'm going to try to say hello and see if this is him. Uh, Jack, is that you? Is that you on the switchboard, Jack? Um, Jack, are you there? Okay, well, um, I'm not sure what's happening tonight, uh, listeners, uh, but I think I'm going to give up on Jack, and uh, we'll have to see. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we'll have to see if uh, he can um, maybe reschedule another time. Uh, neither of us know what the the technical problem is. But anyway, uh, forgive my voice. I've had laryngitis on and off for the last week, and I've been trying uh, to manage that as well. But um, just some uh, some roving reporter stories uh, from Pat. Uh, this first one is uh, from the Huffington Post, and Sam Levine was the writer. And he says, uh, he tells us a story uh, with the title, Just 19. Uh, and it goes like this. A 19-year-old in Georgia became the youngest eligible woman ever to run for office in Georgia after she won a legal battle on uh, Thursday to compete in a local city council race. Her opponent had challenged her candidacy, saying she was too young. The local election board said she wasn't. Hector, a Spelman College student and a youth coordinator with the National Action Network uh, nonprofit, said that she ran to give more young people a voice. Uh, and here's a quote. Uh, from the young woman. She says, young people are starting to really understand and see that they can truly be a part of the political system and they can truly run for office. She also expressed confidence to the station that she could balance her responsibilities being a student and a politician. Uh, the city council election is on March 21st. Well, I wish uh, Pat hit, uh, oh, so in, in, and she's 19 years old, uh, hence the title, of the um, uh, of the article, uh, just nineteen, and then um, this next article uh, from Lauren Young, uh, and it's uh, was about uh, uh, what's going on in Russia, and uh, the title of uh, you know this uh, this report is from Russia abuse. So uh, this uh, this dates a couple weeks ago. Um, but it's still uh, relevant. I mean, uh, the, the date is irrelevant. Uh, millions of lives were put at risk in January when Russia's lower house of parliament voted 368 to 1 to decriminalize some domestic violence charges. Today, President Vladimir Putin signed it into law. The legislation, known informally as the slapping law, decriminalizes first offense charges of domestic violence that do not result in the hospitalizations of a victim. The punishment is a fine of up to 30,000 rubles, which is about $500 in uh, U.S. money, an arrest of up to 15 days or up to 120 hours of community service. Repeat offenses <clears throat> result in a fine of up to 40,000 rubles or $676, compulsory community service for up to six months are being held for up to three months. Many Russians still view corporal punishment as integral to the traditional family structure and a basic child-rearing practice. 
quote, if he beats you, he loves you, unquote. That's a common Russian refrain. For decades prior to the fall of the Soviet Union, there was no concept in uh, the Russian social, cultural, or legal vocabulary to define domestic abuse. The Russian Orthodox Church was also among the staunchest supporters of the new legislation, saying in a statement last year that physical punishment is a Russian tradition and should be protected as an essential right given to parents by God. Uh, That's from the New York uh, Times. Activists in Russia and human rights groups around the world have reacted in horror. More than 9,000 women died in criminal assaults in Russia in 2013, while more than 11,000 were seriously injured. Other sources say the number is closer to 14,000, amounting to nearly 40 deaths per day in the country from domestic violence alone. In the United States, 12,000 women were killed by a husband or partner between 2001 and 2012. Wow. Uh, We get as many in 12 years as they do in one year is basically what it amounts to. That is some pretty scary stuff. Um, I see Jack is trying one more time. Let's see if we can hear him. Hey, Jack, are you there? Jack, are you there? Okay. Uh, Jack, if you can hear me, I think uh, we're going to give up on you tonight, and we're going to need to reschedule. Uh, My apologies, dear friend. Uh, We will figure it out and do it another time. Okay. So um, uh, I have something a little bit uh, different uh, for you tonight. Uh, I have a word uh, from Laura Perry. Uh, Some of you uh, may remember Laura. She's been on the show uh, a number of times, and uh, she has something she'd like you to hear. The Minoans of Ancient Crete, an egalitarian society where women were honored, where the sacred feminine was revered, where peace and prosperity reigned for centuries. Hi, I'm Laura Perry, and I'd love to help bring the ancient Minoans to life for you. Explore Minoan spirituality with my books, Labrys and Horns, and Ariadne's Thread. Embrace your creative side with the Minoan coloring book, and discover the wonders of divination with the Minoan Tarot. You'll find all these at Amazon and other good online and local bookstores. Find out more on my website, lauraperryauthor.com. Well, um, <clears throat> aside from uh, our beloved daughter, Isis, uh, passing last week uh, on Sunday, uh, the day before, was uh, the book launch party party for uh, my new anthology, uh, Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward. And uh, we had it at the Goddess Temple of Orange County. And uh, uh, despite the rain uh, that we had, uh, I, I guess you could call it more of a monsoon, uh, despite, despite the monsoon we had the day before uh, and earlier in the day, uh, we had a nice crowd, crowd show up. And um, uh, we started out the uh, evening with a procession into the sanctuary uh, where people um, uh, picked up 
a uh, candle as they passed over the the bridge uh, into the sanctuary, and they processed up to the Sekhmet, um, you know, statue on her pyramid throne in the center, uh, back center of the room, and they, you know, each took a turn putting their candle, uh, you know, on the Sekhmet altar before they went to their seat. So we had this lovely procession going, and in the background, uh, Tabby Biddle uh, was, uh, you know, playing her guitar and uh, singing some goddess chants. And uh, uh, as this procession happened, you know, then people joined in with the chants. And as everybody gathered and found their seat, uh, we held up the big candle of the night and said, um, uh, you are all her light bringers. We all here carry her torch. And, um, you know, we started out the evening, um, you know, I was uh, making the case for the fact that uh, uh, so many of the sacred feminine values uh, are the things that we need in politics to make the world a better place. And uh, I actually have the video of this uh, on YouTube now, if anyone um, listening is interested in seeing it, uh, just email me and uh, I will send you the link so that you can see the evening's activities. And, um, you know, we had a, a few people, you know, uh, you know, give some talks and uh, then Rianne Eisler Skyped in. And um, after Rianne Skyped in, um, uh, you know, toward the, you know, we had uh, some raffles and a lot of people won a lot of great stuff. And there was a silent auction and um, <clears throat> uh, and we closed the evening with a divination that uh, I will be uh, sharing uh, actually pretty soon here on the air. Uh, it's it's called um, in, a, in the Not-Too-Distant Future. And it uh, is sort of a prophecy that uh, uh, sort of helps us um, manifest in our in our mind uh, what uh, we might be able to see for our future, because you know, uh, as I'm sure you probably know, and you've heard me say before, unless we can vision it, then we can't manifest it. And um, I'll, I'll be sharing that with you. Uh, in, in one of the uh, shows, uh, you know, in, in the next couple weeks. And uh, afterwards, uh, you know, we did our book signing and, um, you know, that we had cake and uh, and sandwiches and uh, great food, uh, you know, uh, compliments of Charlotte Cressy. Uh, so I just want to thank everyone that showed up. I want to thank Ava and the priestesses of the Goddess Temple, uh, <clears throat> as usual, for helping us put on a great event. I want to thank Tabby Biddle for um, her contribution to the evening, uh, for uh, her wisdom, for her uh, her spirituality, for her for her voice, for um, you know that uh, you know just her her wonderful energy. Uh, also, I want to thank Rian Eisler for skyping in and Delphine Demore. Uh, you know, one of our other contributors who was there that actually uh, spoke to the audience about um, 
you know why you know why women are wired differently um and you know and because of that different wiring why they are so needed in politics but um you know we handed out a few very interesting uh handouts and i want to uh, make those available to uh you know to you folks out there if you're interested i can actually uh send you a link uh or send you a file uh, <clears throat> uh one of the handouts that um I handed out, uh, during, you know, right after my talk, uh, was uh, uh, the Seven Touchstones of Goddess Spirituality by Carol Christ, and on the other side, it was the Seven, um, the Seven Different Types of Partnership, uh, because the thrust of my talk was uh, reconciling our spirituality and our politics, and that was a great handout that sort of um, makes that pretty clear. And then Tabby and I actually worked together on another handout uh, that uh, it tells you all different ways to resist uh, the current administration uh, so that we can um, come together in solidarity and partnership to actually uh, create the new world that uh, we all believe we need and we want. And, you know, a lot of these actions uh, are very easy, very quick, uh, and they can be done anonymously. Uh, for instance, uh, do you know a lot of the right-wing people actually um, contact their congressman's office uh, four to ten times more than uh, the people on the left do? Well, you know what, that sort of stuff really makes a difference. So rather than spend our time signing petitions online and clicking like on Facebook, um, uh, you know, there are uh, websites that you can go to that will tell you every day for the first 100 days of Trump's presidency uh, who to call and what to say. So it makes it so simple. You know, it doesn't mean you to be an activist, you have to get out in the street. Uh, you know, there's lots of very easy things to do from the, um, from the quiet and comfort of your home. And, uh, and as I said, you know, you, you can do many of, you know, uh, many of these calls uh, anonymously. You know, I remember when George Bush, the younger, was uh, talking about privatizing Social Security. And within hours of him mentioning that, uh, the switchboard in Congress was basically shut down. And he sure stopped that kind of talk after that. So that's exactly what we need to be doing. And I hear the switchboards have been getting incredible pressure these days, and we have to uh, seriously keep it up. So if you are interested in any of these handouts, uh, please simply uh, send me an email. Uh, you can either uh, go to my website, karentate.com, and send me an email from there, uh, or I will repeat uh, my email, my you know my everyday email address uh, twice, uh, so that maybe you uh, have a chance to go scurry and grab a pen right now, uh, and then write it down. Uh, that email address is Karen Tate 108 at ca dot or or dot com. I'll say it one more time. It's Karen Tate 108 at ca dot or or dot com. Um, okay, so. Uh, just uh, just ask for the handouts from the book launch party, um, the one about uh, connecting our spirituality and politics, and or uh, the handout about what we can do um, to resist um, 
you know, what's happening today uh, in Washington. Uh, you can have uh, one or the other, uh, or you can have both. Uh, and, of course, they're, they're absolutely free. Um, but one other thing, let me, uh, uh, before I go on to Pat and the roving reporters' uh, uh, last two uh, offerings for tonight, uh, I do want to uh, offer you a special um, a special offering uh, that I offered at the book launch party on uh, on Saturday. Uh, if you live in the United States, I can't offer this to folks outside the United States because postage is too expensive, but uh, a very great deal uh, for $22. Uh, and uh, you can, you know, uh, I, I'll tell you how to get this from me. Uh, for $22, I will send you a signed copy of the brand-new anthology, Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward, which is about goddess spirituality all grown up. It's about how how ideals of the sacred feminine actually help us change the world. Uh, And uh, to accompany that, my award-winning Walking an Ancient Path, both of those two books mailed to you, autographed by me for $22, as long as you are in the United States. Um, if you're not in the United States, I can send you Kindle versions. Uh, so you just have to, you know, we'll have to work that all out. But how do you pay for that? It's easy. Uh, go to my uh, website, KarenTate.com, and go to the Goddess Store page. When you get to the Goddess Store page, go all the way down to the very, very, very bottom. You will see a PayPal button there. Uh, and from that PayPal button, you can send me a dollar amount uh, of any amount. Uh, and uh, just go ahead and press that PayPal button. Uh, put $22 in. Uh, you can just uh, say you want the two-book special. It will give you um, the ability to put your uh, name and address in where you want the books mailed. And they will be on their way to you. And you know what? You can't get a better deal than that because uh, if you go on Amazon and get uh, uh, Goddess 2.0, I believe it's about $16 uh, before shipping and handling. And for $22, I'm sending you Goddess 2.0 as well as my award-winning second book, uh, Walking an Ancient Path. Okay. Uh, Before I get to Pat, uh, you need to hear from Joe Carson. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth as a rock or a tree. And I came out of it. This is my mother. I grew out of this earth. As long as we of divinity is above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than the spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, that was a trailer for Dancing with Gaia, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. Uh, In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about Earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of goddess as Gaia. Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot the film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. 
If you've always wanted to see these places for yourself but haven't, this is an opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. You can buy the DVD and the booklet for only $20 at Dancing with Gaia. Okay, uh, just a couple uh, more offerings uh, from our roving reporter, Pat. Uh, this, uh, she thought you might want to hear about this. It's called Keep on Roaring. It's uh, from L.A. Times reporter Sarah Weyer. Uh Members of Congress have been inundated with phone calls and emails in the scant weeks since President Trump took office, with staff answering two to three times as many calls and emails as normal. Much of the increase has been directed toward the Senate, especially as it considers Trump's cabinet nominees. Senator Kamala Harris received more than 251,000 calls and emails since the inauguration, mostly asking her to vote against Trump's cabinet picks. She received more than 105,000 calls, emails, and letters on Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, most urging her to vote no on the nomination that was approved only after a tie vote was broken by Vice President Mike Pence. Senator Dianne Feinstein heard from 96,000 constituents on DeVos. Uh, House members are getting their fair share of calls as well. Representative Karen Bass, a former community organizer, said so many constituents have reached out to her by phone, mail, and in person that she has scheduled two extra town halls next week. Her staff said the office received 1,100 constituent calls in January, four above the 252 they received in the two weeks the office was open in December. Bass is encouraging her constituents to contact Democrats and Republicans, saying all members of Congress need to hear their concerns. And uh, the last one for tonight uh, was from Huffington Post, Nick Wing, and it, uh, the title is, We Don't Do Debtors Prison Here, Do We? Maryland's highest court on Tuesday approved key changes to the state's bail system, setting into motion a reform designed to keep defendants from languishing in jail before trial simply because they're poor. Under the current money bail system, judges in Maryland set financial conditions of release with little consideration as to whether the defendant can meet them. Defendants must either pay the court or a commercial bail bondsman to get out of jail. Those who can't afford bond often remain incarcerated until their case goes to trial, sometimes for periods of weeks or longer. Maryland is the latest state to take action on bail reform following statewide efforts, most recently in New Jersey and New Mexico. Spending just a few days in jail can cause immense collateral damage, including loss of employment, benefits, public assistance, and opportunity. Getting locked up has also found to increase the odds of future incarceration, and these pitfalls affect all defendants. Even if their cases are eventually dropped or they're never found, guilty of a crime. This form of pretrial incarceration costs taxpayers approximately $38 million every day, or $14 billion annually, according to a study recently published by the Pretrial Justice Institute, a nonprofit advocacy group that lobbies for bail reform. 
Okay, dear listeners, uh, that about does it for me tonight. Uh, My laryngitis is uh, severely kicking in. And uh, I was really glad to have the opportunity to share uh, Isis's story uh, with you. And uh, if you have any comments at all about the story, uh, you know, I would love to hear, uh, you know, stories like those from you. I'm sure you probably have those type of stories. Uh, there's, there's so many pep stories uh, out there. Um, so please, uh, please do get in contact with me. Uh, I will be happy to share them on the air if you want to write me uh, a little short paragraph about uh, uh, your beloved pet. And uh, I just want to say I'm so sorry uh, Jack couldn't get connected tonight. We will have him back on uh, to talk about the indigenous uh, woman who mothered America's uh, uh, first English poetry. And uh, I will be back with you uh, on Wednesday. Uh, And uh, my guest next Wednesday will be uh, Marion Dumont. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, myths shattered and restored, and uh, the Association for the Study of Women and Mythology. So that's uh, going to be March 8th. Can you believe we are already in March? Uh, time is just uh, whizzing by. Uh, so uh, thank you for your listener loyalty, uh, dear friends. Um, I will uh, close the show tonight. Uh, with a tribute uh, to uh, my beloved Isis, uh, with a song here about uh, the goddess Isis, uh, who she was actually uh, named after. Uh, And let's see if I can find it here real quick. I think it's uh, Diva Haley. Yes, it is. A song by Diva Haley and her Sacred Alchemy DVD. Uh, And this was her tribute to Isis. And I play it in tribute to our beloved girl, uh, that special little being that Roy and I love so dearly. Uh, If you scroll down my uh, Facebook page uh, a few days, you will see her there. Uh, We took a beautiful picture of her wearing an Egyptian collar. Yes, our our torty Isis wearing her Egyptian collar is there on my Facebook page. Uh, Good night, uh, everyone, and uh, enjoy this Diva Haley cut called Isis.
Fierce 